Something like a motherfucker version too If you've been listening, you know how we do Hi, I'm Andrew, the father We got Ivory, the daughter And Gio, our little man of Daniela I don't think an entrance is needed You probably know the voice from other time on Nickelodeon see, it's nothing like a motherfucker If you got a son or daughter, it could be a lot of we know You ain't gotta be the motherfucker You could be the son or daughter This is still the right show Yeah, we'll meet you where you are In your life, or your car If you need or you're far You got a cat or a dog Good vibes or a problem in school got a job We just wanna know who you are so we can say thank you for listening to Adulting Like a Motherfather. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yay! Welcome back to Adulting Like a Motherfather. I'm Daniela Monet, the mother. And I'm Andrew, the father. And we're both Hit em. adults. And if you're an adult or just trying to be an adult, this is the show for you. Hey, now. You guys, Fit Like a MF is on and popping. Popping. It's, it's so popping. And what's really cool is that. Um, we have at least like right under 2000 people that are joining us on this 30 day journey. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. I was actually going to use that as my win. So I've got to find another one for you, but it full transparency guys. Like I was, I was hoping that we would get three to 500 people. And then that came like, like literally day one of signups, maybe day two. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit, let's go. (laughs) Andrew is so in this to win this. He was talking about how he's going to cut back on stuff to come out of these 30 days with abs of steel. Well, that's my goal. And that's like one of the biggest points of doing this is like one, it's just a 30 day commitment to, to push yourself hard AF and two, like with everything you do, you need to have a clear goal, right? there needs to be something tangible that you can walk away with at the end of the day. So my goal is to just get a gnarly six pack and to do that. Like I just got to clean up what I eat. I got to cut back on some stuff. I got to, I had to do more abs. Okay. Fair enough. That's it. All right. Well, if we're talking about goals, I'll just throw mine out there. (laughs) Mine is to fit into some, most of my pants. Okay, that's a, that's I a solid goal. I just want to fit into my pants. But you've been wearing pants, so I figured you're fitting wearing, into no. most of them. Wow, that's really kind of you. Um, there's two that I fit into, and they two, were two pairs. Yeah, they were like my boyfriend jeans that are just naturally supposed to be. Who's this guy? Big. I know. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> Um, they're just naturally supposed to be, you know, slouchy and big and roomy and they just fit snug as a bug in a rug. Mm. So I would love to, honestly, I'm actually fine with not fitting into all of my jeans because it might not be realistic. You know, my body's changed. I don't know what to say. Right. It just is what it is, but I definitely don't want to go out there and buy all new clothes. So I'm trying to like find that balance of maybe I need a couple staple pieces that I just have to like go for it and and size up. Yeah, and for then, sure. You know, maybe who knows? Maybe after 30 days, I'll be like, nah, everything. I think the size. I I, I, okay, just my opinion. So just tell me if I'm stupid. If I'm stupid, but like, just like the number on a scale, the size of the clothes, like to me, is almost irrelevant. If you look in the mirror and you think that you look good and you feel good about how your body looks, yeah, that's enough. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I'm not at all like where I want to be, um, but there is much more acceptance around where I'm at uh, than I thought I would have. And I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. It just is. But it's strange for my mentality. And I think a lot of it comes back to just being in this like 
heavy duty mom frame of mind where I just don't, I'm not important. It's like a vortex. Yeah. It's just not important to me. And you know, me getting through the day and making sure that they're okay is my, my goal. That's all that matters. But I get it. I think that's why this challenge has been kind of weird for me to really grasp onto because I know how important it is to take care of yourself. And I know how important it is to like put effort into yourself. But at the same time, I'm like, snap (laughs) life is different so it's gonna i'm gonna speak for those who are like i'm in this to win this and i want to come out of this with clear-cut goals and results but i'm also realistic and i know it's not gonna be easy it's not it's not gonna be easy for me either like i I totally get it and i didn't say this last time we were talking about fit like mf but one of the things that i really like about it outside of like getting so many people to come alongside because for me it's like that just presents an opportunity for everybody to, <clears throat> excuse me, just make a ton of connections. And yeah. everybody's like, you know, we're, obviously we all walk in different shoes, but we're in a similar a similar place. Like we're willing to commit to something and it's not going to be easy. Like let's do it alongside a bunch of other people. That's the coolest thing. Like even just in the few short days, I've seen some action on the Facebook group and just hearing people's stories and so many Dude, of them so we cool. relate to, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I'm a full-time mom or I work and I have kids or whatever it may be. Like you're trying to find and carve out that time for yourself. And I respect that and I'm with it and I'm excited to like continue on. I know we're fresh in the game right now, but I'm pumped. Yeah. Um, Here's the other thing. Just real quick. Sorry. sorry. This is what I meant to say. There's a lot to cover today. So a lot. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) What I like about this is like, I've realized even as somebody who's been like physically active for decades at this point, like, and, fitness Man, and exercise old. sports like it's always been important to me but like now i find you know it's probably become like partially becoming a parent just like getting a little older and having responsibilities like i need things to stay motivated like even though we have a little gym 20 feet outside of the house like it's not that fun you know, mm-hmm. like I'm learning and I, and I kind of took this from one of my buddies. Like I need to create games in my head and challenges for myself that like make me want to go out and do that. So if I tell a bunch of people, like I'm going to go hard <laughs> <of> them. <laughs> as fuck for 30 days. Yeah, exactly. And like, I plan to come out of this with X, Y, and Z. Then I have to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, and I'm I like that, you. but it's, it's a good, like it's a good challenge. It's, it's a good, like. It's just good for me. No, I totally agree with you. I need the same sort of motivation. And that's why I'm like opening, just being really vulnerable with these people, you know, that we're just newly meeting in our challenge group and being honest. These are our fit like MFers. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying like, you know, we may not know each other on a deeper level, but I almost feel like you just become very open and honest when you talk about maybe some of your struggles or your insecurities and I'm okay. Like I, I, this is very real. This is a real show and this is our real life and Mm -hmm. it's all going to come out. Love it. All right. Um, so you guys, we have some really great voicemails, um, that I'm, we're going to hit you with after the break. And by the way, I want to make sure that you guys have the number to call in. If you ever want to leave a voicemail, it's 818-659- five one four two you're welcome to ask questions share a story drop a win and a fail first person that calls the number and leaves a voicemail singing chicago <laughs> is gonna get uh some extra merch that we have left over sent directly from us okay 
okay. He said it himself. Um, but again, these voicemails are really raw and open and real. And I just respect you guys for, for leaving them for us. It's going to probably be the bulk of the show at, at some point when we have plenty of them to go through. Um, but until then, let's uh, jump into our win and fails because I have them on the tip of my tongue. Didn't hit us. Okay. I mentioned this on my story and I didn't elaborate because I felt like it was just something I wanted to say for the podcast. So we had a little accident with Gio um, early in the week and it was pretty devastating. It was just a really awful scenario. And this stuff happens and I'm sure people have experienced similar situations, but it was just one of those moments that like hit me hard. Um, and what happened was, is, you know, we were all really home and, and Andrew was out working out. Um, I think Mamie was cleaning the kitchen or cooking or something at the time. And Gio and I were in the bathroom. And to be honest, I was peeing on, I was on the toilet. Okay. And Gio sometimes like keeps himself busy while, you know, we're doing something in the bathroom, whatever. Not, not sometimes. Okay. He's always freaking hands deep into something he shouldn't have been. And he got into a box of Q-tips and I saw that he had them and I said, you know, don't like put those back. Um, <laughs> and he didn't. And I, again, sitting on the toilet, like couldn't jump up in time to like go after him. And what happens is, and what we're trying to teach him not to do is if he has something he shouldn't have and he's, and we tell him to put it back or you shouldn't have this. And we make sort of the, the initiative to maybe go in his direction to go and get it ourselves he takes off he bolts he bolts and because i didn't want him to do that i didn't get off the toilet (laughs) and instead i just hoped that like nothing bad was going to happen he had him in his hands well he had left the bathroom and i guess he had put them in his ears and he ran down the hall and ran into the wall and the q-tip went about a third into his ear canal you know that? Yeah, because we saw where it was, yeah. Where it was when bloody? He, yeah. It was bloody. Cat's out of the bag. Okay. Um, the scream was something out of a horror movie, and thank God, like, Namie got to him first and held him and saw it and pulled it out, and, and Namie is a nurse, so she was able to react better than I feel like I would have been able to, but we were both standing there just trying to calm him down. I finally got Andrew, you know, out of the gym and, um, we called the doctor. We ended up in urgent care. His ear was bleeding. It was just one of those things where like, it's your worst nightmare, right? You always want to be careful with Q-tips as a parent. Like you try to teach them, you try to even use them them yourself super delicately in a kid's ear. You just want to be really careful. And this kid ran into the wall and jammed it into his damn ear. Mm-hmm. And it was awful. Like the feeling that I had, like the guilt that I had was not that this is about me at all. I was so concerned about him, but for parents listening, like you feel so responsible at all times. And even if it's something that in this case, yes, I probably could have avoided, avoided it. I probably could have just jumped off the toilet and somehow gotten them from him before he took off. I don't know. But, um, but it just, I don't know how else to say. I, I was having like, shivers throughout the day every time I thought about the accident and like it just makes me sick and it made me so sad and I couldn't 
I couldn't like do anything important for 48 hours. Like social media didn't matter to me. Emails didn't matter to me. I realized in that moment, and I know we've all had these moments before. It's nothing new, but it's like your health and your well-being and the pe- and the people that you care about Especially most. Especially your kids. Your kids. If something happens to them, the world stops. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. It is just, it's, yeah, it's the only thing that matters. Um, so that was my fail. That was the, that was a fail. And that's going to go in the baby book that I haven't written for him because that's a fail in itself. But it's just one of those memories that you just, you know, you learn from. And I, I literally was walking around following him for the last however long week, just making sure he doesn't fall. So I've been like telling him, Gio, no more boo-boos. Gio, be careful. You're just like reiterating these things so that they learn to just not be crazy. But what can you do? The kid's, the kid's a little animal. You can't control him. He's a little psycho. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't say that. Well, I mean that in like the most loving fatherly way. Like he just, just doesn't, curious... from the second he wakes up, he doesn't stop. Yeah. You don't have to defend him. It's fine. Like I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. Like he's, he's a little crazy man, but we love him. You know, he's just, he's always moving from the second he wakes up to the second he goes to bed, which is pretty hard sometimes. He's he's moving. He's touching things. He's talking. Sometimes he'll literally he does not stop talking all day long. And you're like, dude, could you stop? And if you don't respond, it's the mama, mama, and then he reiterates the question mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot. But on a positive note, um, he's okay. His ear is okay. Yes. He just has a scratch in his in his ear canal. Uh, and I learned something because we went to urgent care and then we went and saw our, our pediatrician as well. Uh, Dr. Joel, shout out Dr. Joel. Uh, even if you pop the eardrum in most cases, it grows back totally fine, which is crazy because that's your worst nightmare. Yeah, I've always right? thought that that's like a gnarly, like, gnarly I thought thing. instantly this kid lost hearing in his ear <laughs> instantly. <laughs> that, why are you, you laughing? That's the first thing I thought about. Cause you can't go there right away. Well, I mean, it just looked bad and the screaming and just all the, f- I just, I, yeah, Whew. Um, moving on, my win was just the last few days since getting the keys to our, I, I, I keep saying new house, but it's not a new house. It's a house built in the 80s. So it's our new home to us, um, but older, beautiful, established home. And we spent a lot of time there with no furniture, really nothing there other than like ourselves and family. It is the party crib. It is. It already feels like it's it's home. Like I can see us making the memories that I envisioned us making when I walked through that house for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. What? Just saying party crib reminds me of our, our house in college. We, we had an extra roll of carpet that we would have like fat house parties and we would roll out this extra roll of carpet to cover the carpet over the living room carpet. It was that big. Yeah, it was like a full roll of carpet. You bought it or it came So with we the would place? move the couches and everything oh, out. Then we would gosh. roll the carpet down. And then we would put the couches and everything back. So when people <laughs> were partying, because there were a lot of feet in there, they were stepping on this old carpet that we rolled down, right? So when they spilled, like, it would still go through because it was just carpet. It's not like it protects <laughs> everything. But, like, it was better. Like, because people do the dumbest stuff. Like, I remember watching somebody one time put gum on the ground and then just, like, step it into the carpet. Mm. Oh, yeah. We what had, about throw we, up in the couch? Oh, that was the worst one ever. That was that was like one of my buddy's buddies from the football team, and he he ended up staying the night and was sleeping on the couch, and and 
he was so wasted that he literally threw up in his sleep. Like he's laying on his back, threw up in his sleep all over himself and all over our couch. And he woke up super early before any of us were up. And before he left, he just flipped the cushions over Oh my gosh. and then took off. Can I share a story that's, that freaking is awful. That's disgusting. And I, I have something that came to mind on that note. What's that? People might <laughs> think this is pretty funny. Um, and I would love to know who's in this dressing room today, but basically on baby daddy, that was like at the, fu- the, the cast on baby daddy was so close and they would party and hang out. And we just had the best times after, after we were wrapped. Um, and one night I decided to leave earlier cause these kids could hang and I left and one of the, I feel bad saying this, but whatever. I, one of the stand-ins, okay, went in my room and I think like people probably passed out overnight or whatever. And he went in my dressing room and peed everywhere. Nice. All over the place. This is how wasted he was. So I get there the next morning and the place, not only could you see the pee, you, the whole room smelled and uh, yeah. and I went down and, and told, and I'm sure he was mortified. Like, I don't even know what that conversation was like for him. And I wasn't making a big thing of it. I was just like, Hey, like, I don't know what to do. I can't really, I, I don't get it. <laughs> Why I, do like, guys pee everywhere? I don't think it's just, drunk? I don't think it's just guys. I think girls have done it too. I mean, I would but imagine, I would think that that science penis is like, you really can, uh, it was obvious that there was just, it was I like just, a that's never gun. a place I've, I've gotten to. Like, I've just never been so wasted that i just piss myself or like piss everywhere else yeah 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 yeah. i just imagine him having like his own little like game and like trying to like no no it's not like that no he was probably so wasted that he thought he was oh in other places like maybe doing it where he was supposed to oh gotcha turns out it was your wall or like the plant in the room or whatever oh my gosh the whole place the couch every yeah and it's small so it's not the Yeah. yeah yeah So, um, anyways, that took us off course. <laughs> Hopefully our house doesn't turn course, into though. that. Okay. No, no, it's not going to be that. Okay. Because uh, we're adults and we're mother fathers and that's... we're just trying to be them. Yeah. Then we're just trying to be them. Right. So was that your win? Was that your fail and your win? Yeah. My win. W- yeah. My win is just the fact that we're in our home and it feels like home. Yeah. I'm about it. I'm about it. Do you have a win and fail? Um, I, I do. I do. Okay. And I, I knew what they were. No, you said the win had to do with fit like a mother, father, all the people that have signed up. Yeah. And then I said I was going to get another one. And then I thought of the other one. And then since I thought of the other one, I forgot about the other one. So that is gone. Can we? Fine. Then I'm going to just, I'm going to hijack your section. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. I just want to touch on um, so that there's some clarification um, we're not officially, obviously, moving into this home because we're trying to assess what the right move is. And this is like one of those my big adult decisions. Yeah, mm-hmm, it's stressful mm-hmm. and we feel like we're in limbo right now. And we're so grateful. So please don't take this the wrong way. Like this is all just very good, exciting problems to have. But it does need some work. And we don't exactly know how to approach it because we just want to move in so badly. But we don't want to live there no, let's keep it let's keep it so real so yeah we're in a fortunate position that like we, we were able to take the next step for our family right and we're still in our home now and the plan right now is is to rent our home 
Um, and we're going to need that because we need the, the income to support the other place. Um, you know, and like you think, oh, you know, we'll have, we'll have two to three months maybe where we can stay in our home and do some work over there because it needs it. Like it just needs to be updated. But like one, we really want to be over there. Two, like reality sets in and it's like you're just, you're just burning cash. Like you're carrying costs from not being in the house over there. It's, it's just stupid regardless of what the, the cost is, right? It's just dumb. And so now we're like, well, we want to get over there as soon as possible. Part of it's, again, just desire. Part of it's a, a money thing. But then, like, we need to do work. It's like, what's realistic for us to do right now? Like, could we move in and still have work done? Like, is that even realistic with kids? Like, it's hard enough when you don't have kids to live in construction. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it's like with two kids to do that. Yeah. You know? I mean, definitely not a safe idea just because there's going to be all kinds of stuff everywhere and tools and the noise. And my biggest concern is not being able to cook for them, you know, three times a day or four because Geo 5, I mean, obviously they eat all day. So, yeah. yeah. Plus, like, you just feel like there's so many, like, just move, like, just the kids, you know, but then everything else, like so many just moving pieces right now that, like, obviously we're so excited about this and and being able to do work over there is amazing. But like that also comes with so many choices that you have to make, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like we like been so caught up like through the ESCO process and now like with fit like MF and like all the other moving pieces and the idea of having to make the choices or feel rushed to make choices to get stuff done, like kind of sucks. Cause for me, I'm just like, I always lean on my frugality side. Like I don't want to make any choices that I'm not certain about and then have to do any work over again and pay for something more than once. Yeah, these are big decisions. And a lot of people sit on designs for a while before they actually execute them. And honestly, we have people that are in our family, like my own aunt, who, you know, is obsessed with interior design and is an, has an amazing eye for it, but like has, what's it called when you have like analysis by paralysis, paralysis by analysis? Yeah. Where you literally can't make the decision, so you just sort of, you I do mean, nothing. lack of a better word, it's like paralyzed. You're just like, you just don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be in that situation either because I'm already feeling that way. And the reason why we didn't take any action steps prior were because, well, you guys know, this escrow process was so hot and cold. I thought literally down to the wire that something bad was going to happen. It wasn't even going to go our way. So we didn't want to like emotionally you know, invest in these I don't know, plans or look into materials and things like that. Like we are, and by the way, side note, if nobody's aware of this, which I'm sure people are, if they're doing renovations that like appliances, furniture, materials, things, even wood just to build things is like on, what is it? Like delay back order. Just (laughs) what do you call it? It's not available. Like we have a friend who finished a kitchen months ago and she still has no range because the appliances are on such back order because of, and Roy was explaining this to us, our contractor, the factories are so backed up because of COVID and because they weren't able to get whatever they needed in order to whatever manufacture stuff. Yeah, that's, okay. that's and thank good. you for my TED talk. Thank you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fail. Um, anything else you want to touch on? Nah, you had the list. Oh no, my list is my list is good. I really want to get to these voicemails um, because they're meaningful, and I think we're gonna. Yeah, the voicemails are a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you don't even know what's to come. So. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> and now back to adulting like a mother father. 
Hello, my two favorite people to listen to all the time besides myself. I need your help. Now, I know you just had a baby, um, Ivory. She's amazing. And you haven't had sex since you've had the baby. And that's really spoken to me because now my boyfriend and I haven't had sex for the same length of time that I could have given birth but I haven't yet. And I was just wondering, Daniela, do you ever struggle with feeling insecure or like you're not good enough, even though that's not a reflection on why you're not having sex? But do you ever struggle with insecurity amidst this situation? Because my boyfriend comforts me. He's so nice to me. Like, that's not why. That's not the reason. But I'm really struggling to figure out what the reason is. And I'm struggling to figure out how to have this conversation without feeling more insecure. So I would love your advice on that. I know it's something that I've already been comforted by when you two have spoken about it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. And I'm your biggest fan. Have a good day. Okay. Um, I'm so glad that you called and you left that voicemail. And it's totally fine that you didn't leave your name. I get that some people want to be anonymous, and that's totally cool. I appreciate you even bringing this up. And the answer to your question is... Yes, absolutely yes. I feel that regularly. It's something that um, I try to like talk myself through it because I'm a relatively confident person and I know, I just, I know who I am for the most part. Um, But I would be lying if I said like, I didn't feel like maybe I just wasn't good enough or maybe it was a reflection of like, the changes in my body or just yeah like a hundred percent so it's not I don't actually know what your reasoning is for the vacation that you guys have taken from being intimate but um whatever it is I think it's hard not to get on yourself a little bit and feel like it's personal um and that's my honest answer I I do you want to add to it at all? Sure. Um, I'm glad that you said that. Cause I don't know if you've said that like directly to me. So this, this is, this is good for us too. Okay. <laughs> I understand it. I mean, I think our scenario is different. I, I've been pretty upfront about like just the legitimate fear that I have that we could get pregnant again. And not that that's like, you know, it's an amazing thing. It's just not where I'm at in my head and I would not be ready for that. And so because we've had a struggle figuring out, um, a form of birth control for you that works, then, you know, it just hasn't been there. And now we're looking down another route, which is more permanent for me. And, um, you know, we've talked a bunch like, I'm open to it. Again, this feels very weird doing this here, but I'm open to it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty certain that that's the route that I'll go. I, I just felt like I've been underwater a bit. You know, I just feel like there's so many things going on. It's hard to find, like I'm already backed up in things that I need to do for myself before that conversation that if it feels difficult to find the time one, like, I don't know who to go to need to find a doctor need to like find somebody that I trust that maybe somebody else has been to, um, to find the time to get it done. And then like 
maybe laid up for a day or two. I don't, I don't know. I've heard different stories. And so it's, it's just that it just, it feels a little overwhelming. Um, and it's felt like, and it's probably just because we've gone for a while without doing it. Like it just hasn't been the priority to do that over the last couple of weeks to like, to take the steps to figure it out, to get it done as quickly as possible. You know what I mean? Cause I just feel like there's been so many other things to tick off the list that I haven't made it priority. Um, but I can understand why you feel that way and that it's not that way. Like I can assure you that I would like to be intimate. Um, it's just, well, sorry, not to cut you off, but I'm just thinking about her and maybe anyone else who's in this situation. What could it be? Um, I mean, it's tough to say, right? Cause I'm not in the situation, but I've heard, I've heard guys talk about like, it, it just changes. Like when you're your wife, your girlfriend, whatever gets, gets pregnant. Like it's not that you find them less attractive, but it does something to you. Like it, it, it can feel weird that they're pregnant and you're having sex, you know, like I know, like I've had thoughts like, is this going to hurt the baby inside of her? And I know the answer is no. In most cases, I think I'm not a doctor, but I think, um, it's hard to explain. Like I can't speak for every guy, but I think that sometimes you're, it may be that you're stressed out about this coming up. You may feel overwhelmed. That may affect your sex drive. It, it may just be like, you just look at it differently right now because she's pregnant. It, it could potentially be that like you're not as attracted during this period of time. But again, it's hard to say cause I'm not in that situation and I don't want to speak for every guy. What about women who maybe aren't pregnant and this is just happening in their relationship? Oh, I think it could be a bunch of things. But I'm saying, like, it's interesting because she's saying she's getting the confirmation from her partner that things yeah, are fine and that he loves her and that it's not personal or whatever. I'm just wondering, like, what happens? Like, I guess, I guess some of it comes back to just stigma and how you think that, you know, people, people play these... They portray men to be these, like, horn dogs. Okay. Where like, they're the ones that want it all the time. And you hear certain women make jokes about their husbands. I've heard it recently. I was listening to a podcast and she just had a baby and and she said that like her husband will rub up against her, like with a boner, like ready to get it on. And I'm just like, what? So it, I guess circumstances are different for everyone. But what I'm saying is there's a stigma around men just being known for wanting it whenever, wherever. And I don't think that that's actually the truth. I think just like women, we're all human beings. I with think the like, situation is different for everybody. That's what I'm I think, saying. I think that that adds, people don't realize it adds a lot of pressure to guys, you know? Like it could just be that you have a lot of, of things going on in your life, a lot of stresses, like you could be overwhelmed. Like there could be physical factors that lead to a decreased sex drive. Like just because you're a guy doesn't mean that you're looking at everything that walks and you're just ready to go at any second of the day, right. you know? Like I know for me, I'll just be really transparent. Like it's, it's just changed over time. Like I, I don't need it as much, you know, could, it could be that like 
we've been together for 10 years and other things have become more important, you know, and it's not, it's not what it is in the beginning when it's like almost all physical attraction in most like new relationships, you know, and it evolves over time. And I think that's totally fine. But I think people don't realize that it's hard for guys because that stigma does exist. And then we're expected to be able to perform at all times. And that adds to pressure that a lot of guys feel already. Mm, It's interesting. Do you think that there's anything to be said around people who've had a history or a, a past where they had like, you know, I'll just say healthy sex life, right? Like multiple partners, like one night stands, like got a ton out of their system and then maybe got into a serious relationship and just felt like they, you know, they met their quota. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Maybe, maybe again, I think it, it changes and it evolves, you know, that lifestyle is so different because everything is new and exciting and like, you never know what's around the next corner and, and like every experience is, is really heightened, you know? I think because of the fact that it's new and I think when you get in a relationship and you know, you spend years, decade together, even longer for some people, it changes. And like, to me, it's crazy to think that it doesn't change. Right. You know, I think that in terms of your sexuality and both people like performing at the levels they want and both being very pleased with that part of their life, you really have to work at it at a certain point. It just doesn't, I'm assuming, but I don't think after a while, it's not just happening naturally. It's like you guys are both making an effort. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the biggest takeaway that I've learned in my first relationship, which is with you, is that nothing just happens. You know, there's initially that chemistry and that attraction and that wanting to just be together and and figure it out from there. But then at that point is when it all just starts to become trial and error and then working through, you know, whatever you need to work through to achieve what the relation, like that initial, whatever you had in the beginning, it may never exist again. And if you want something like that, it really takes conscious effort and conscious work. And yeah, it's not like the movies. (laughs) No, none of it is. None of it's like the movies. I don't know if I've ever met Anybody, anybody, and you might think you have a couple examples, but I would think if you sat down and had a real conversation, they would say it's, it's still great, but no, it is not what it was in the very beginning. I don't think any, like nobody that I've ever met or spoken with says, oh yeah, 10 years in, 20 years in, it's exactly the same as it was day one. Yeah. And like, again, you don't really want what it was in the beginning because there's so many unknowns and you're really treading on this like weird water where everything's new and you you can't really be completely yourself. For some, I think when you're dating a little later in life, like for instance, if anything were to happen to us, I think like we would approach a new relationship so different. Like potentially your guard would come down way quicker. You'd be a lot more open and honest about what you want in the very beginning. I think that's probably why you were the way you were with me Mm. because you had these experiences to show you that that's what mattered to you in the next one. You're going to do it differently. You know what I mean? Um, it's just all, that's what it's about though, right? Yeah, no, totally, totally. But yeah, yeah. I don't know where I was going. I think, um, going back to the voicemail, 
we can only speak from experience. It's hard to give you advice. I think the only the only piece of advice, whatever you want to call it, that I can give you is like communicate. You know, ask the tough questions. If that's a, if that's something that you really want the answer to, like ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And I guess don't hold back. Like if yeah, and you he sounds like I mean, just based on the him, voicemail, he sounds like a, a really good dude. So sure. Like, but what I was going to say is if you haven't shared with him what you're sharing with us in regards to you feeling insecure and oh yeah, you got to do that, then that's, I mean, listen, take it from me. This was the first time Andrew heard it. So don't do that. Not on a podcast. <laughs> oh, classic me. Um, okay. Let's get to the next voicemail and thanks again for calling. Hi, I have been listening to your podcast for like two years already, literally since day one, and following you guys on Instagram for so long, I started off being inspired by your home. I loved it. I wanted it to be mine. I I used to get so much inspiration for my future home. I'm in my early 20s, and I just listen to you guys for future advice. I am really too young to be thinking about a family or anything of that sort, but uh, my question is, how do you deal with questioning your partner's ability to be responsible in the sense of being a father, being a provider. I am currently a little bit ahead in the game of the money situation than my partner and I just question our relationship all the time. But I love him so much and there's like really nothing that would change that besides maybe kids in the future and maybe him not providing enough for them. So if you've ever dealt with this before, let me know. Thank you. Bye. Oh, my gosh. First of all, thank you for the kind words. Um, I, I have so many thoughts on, on your question or questions. One, um, I, love how, I love how you speak about him. You know, it's, it's, there's, this, there's this, again, we use the word stigma that, like, the dynamic should always be like the guy does better and he's the provider and, and, and like the girl's the supporter. I mean, that's never been the case in the relationship between Daniela and I. Um, so I can speak on that firsthand. I, uh, you know, that's, that's, I want to take a step back. That can be tough for him. If he's anything like me, if he's a competitive person, I, it's just like personal standards and aspirations that I have for myself where like, I, I want to win and I want to be the winner. Um, but I'm very proud of, of what Danielle has been able to accomplish and very fortunate that like, she's my partner in terms of so many things, but the support that she can provide and like, you know, the life that she's helped us live. Um, when it comes to him, what I would say is, is, if you believe in him, it doesn't matter where he's at right now. Like if you believe in, uh, what's under the surface and, and what he can accomplish doesn't have to be financially, but just as a person, a, you know, potential father someday, like if you believe in him, then nothing else matters. All that stuff will take care of itself in time. And this is a bit cheesy, but I think that this, this saying holds true. The way someone does anything is the way that they do everything. Mm. And so if you see that 
you know, the smallest things that he does would, would speak to you in the sense that that would translate into him just being a good person, being a great father one day, um, being a provider at some point, then that's all you need, you know? And I, I guess also like when thinking about him being a father, you know, it's, it's the way he does anything, but it's also like, just look at the way he treats other people. Look at the way he treats his, his parents or if he has siblings or whatever, like that a hundred percent is going to translate into who he is as a, as a dad someday. And who he is in your relationship, right? So if you feel that love, which it sounds like you do, when you create something together, if you choose to conceive or adopt or whatever it may be, when you bring someone Down into your family, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It takes it to the next level. Like you think you, you love your partner, but when you have something to care for that is your responsibility together, people really show up in ways that you didn't ever see as an example in your relationship. And I guess my, my sorry, I, I always have a hard time explaining myself. So let's take a step back. I never knew Andrew was a dad in our relationship. I would see little glimpses of him knowing just little things like, how to take care of himself, for instance, how he... But you would see me with the kids, right? No, I saw like, you oh, with some kids. Like, yeah, Drew for loves sure, the kids. For sure, for sure. But again, like, those kids aren't your kids. You never know what someone's going to be. When... But that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. Right. Yeah. Right. It's one yeah. thing to hang out with kids. It's another thing to that's have That's what I'm own. saying. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't... You never really, really know how your partner's going to be as a parent because you don't know what it's like to be a parent until you are one. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally respect you, like, having these conversations with yourself now because it is important. Um, of course, if you felt like there were any red flags, like, I mean, if someone blatantly told you, like, I don't know if I'm going to be a good dad, then I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, that's or I don't a like, conversation. Or I don't, like kids or I don't really like kids very much. Like... You know what I mean? But if you just don't know because you don't know, then I think it's okay to feel that way because yeah. we didn't really know. We hoped we were going to be, you know, good parents and that we would both respect each other as a parent in our relationship. And I think like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're an amazing father so far. I'm not going to correct you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm looking for my compliment. No, you are too. Didn't I say that already? <laughs> oh, if I didn't, you're you're an amazing mother. <laughs> Thank you so much. But again, like we we went into this just hoping we were going to figure it no, out. No, but I th- no, I think that there are signs along the way. It's you know, like you you babysat a little bit in the beginning of our relationship. Like anytime we were around kids, I could I could see how you would light up. I could see how you wanted to be motherly and wanted to take care of them and feed them and like like. I love the way that I feel when I was around like my friends, kids or whatever. And I, I think that that showed. Um, and so I think that there, there are all sorts of, it doesn't always have to be like your experiences around kids. I think, I just think it's a bunch of things. I think it's how you treat people, how you treat yourself, like what, like your discipline looks like, you know, all, all sorts of things. But I, th- I think that there are signs along Selflessness. the way. Yeah. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Your patience level, yeah. which can improve. Which, by the way, you are not a, a naturally patient human being. No, but so it but, can improve. Yeah, yeah, it can. Um, that's about it on this one. I just want to say, good on you for being out there and just killing it. I don't know what you right? do, or where you're doing it, but good on you. Like, keep doing what you're doing. 
if your guy is a competitor and he, he loves you as much as it sounds like it does, he's going to want to provide in whatever form that looks like, you know? And that's the thing in whatever form that looks like, right? Because let's say financially you can't support the two of you and, and potentially a family. What can your partner then do in return? Because guess what? Money isn't everything. And, and truthfully, there's so much more that you need. I mean, I'm, obviously you guys know this, like you're in a relationship, you know that there's so much more to it than just finances, emotional support, you know, just the day to day support around your house and just like things that need to be taken care of um i don't know i think that there's just a bigger conversation around this because you're right like that's that idea that a guy needs to be a provider is kind of ingrained in us and until we learn that like that's not everything and that they can provide in in ways that maybe we you know can't then yeah i think you're still balanced for sure yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, that's That was it. Those were the two that I chose, and they were so good. They but, were great. Um, let me pull up the phone number one more time, you guys, because I just think that this, you know, let me keep it a hundo with you guys. This show's evolved quite a bit in the last two years, and I'm proud of where it is today because I think it's the realest it's ever been. You know, and we have our moments where we're like, oh, dreading coming to the mics, but ultimately it's really actually beneficial for us. And I, I just think the response that we get in return from people who relate and are in this journey with us, that makes it all worth it. Um, and so what I love about the voicemails is that we're able to connect with you guys on a deeper level and you're sharing things and we're able to, it just feels really communal. And that's what I envisioned for adulting when I envisioned, you know, pitching this, like I wanted it to be about these stages in life and all stages, like you know, so give us a call 818-659-5142 and um, sing we'll... Chicago on the voicemail and then oh, person's yeah. <laughs> going to get some merch. There you go. Um, and feel free to leave us a review and hit us up on Instagram. And I hope you guys join us for Fit Like an MF, Fit Like AMF. You could check out fitlikeamf.com uh, for more details and you can join us a little late if you really want to, too. OK, till next week. Peace. Bye. Thanks for listening to Adulting Like a Mother Father. New episodes drop every Tuesday right here, so make sure you tune in for all the goods.